What's going on, man? This is the Stephen Hayes Podcast, back for another episode, season two. I'm excited, man. I appreciate everybody who's reached out to me. I appreciate everybody who texts me, whatever the case may be, saying glad to have you back. Appreciate all the love. I actually think we're going to really get into some great stuff this season. I know we're going to have some guests. We're going to have a lot of different outlets and avenues that you can contact us and you can reach out to us. And I think a lot of the stuff that we're going to do this season is going to set us up for the foreseeable future. So with that being said, let's get into the show. Now, if you know me, you know my sports fandom and who the teams that I root for. The Green Bay Packers, by far, hands down, no questions asked. The New York Yankees, by far, hands down, no questions asked. I understand they're on the struggle bus, but whatever it is, what it is. I still like the Los Angeles Lakers. I really do. But I love, the absolutely love the Golden State Warriors. Been a Warriors fan for a very long time. I think I became a Warriors fan a few years after becoming a Lake. No, not a few years. I was a Lakers fan first, for sure. I've been a Lakers fan probably since, I want to say that, 1999, if I'm not mistaken. Between 99 and 2000. But it was definitely before their championship run with Shaq and Kobe. And then I became a Warriors fan, and I want to say that was about 07 or 08, that we believe season that they defeated the Dallas Mavericks because they were the AFC. You had Baron Davis, Monte Ellis. I think Michael Petrus was on that squad. Steven Jackson was on that squad. Jason Richardson, I believe, was on that squad. You had a lot of, it was a good team. It really was. It was a lot of dominant play going on in that playoff series from Baron Davis, Steven Jackson, like, they just wouldn't be denied. Obviously, that was the highlight of it. But that's when I really started paying attention to the Warriors. They were coached by Don Nelson at the time. And he kind of started that. I mean, they used to be run TMC back in the day. But when I started, I wasn't paying attention to them. I don't even think I was old enough or even around when they started to run, to run TMC. But by the time, you know, Don Nelson and the We Believe things started to catch fire, that's really when I became a fan of the Golden State Warriors. Now. With that being said, I do have a few questions. So one of the things about what I like to see, a lot of people like LeBron. A lot of people feel like if you like LeBron, you can't like any other player. A lot of people feel like if you like, for example, a lot of people feel if you like LeBron, you can't like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or Steph Curry or whatever the case may be. A lot of people feel if you like Kobe, you can't like Mike, you can't like LeBron, you can't like Steph and so on and so forth. So my question is, why can't you like everybody? If you grew up and you're just not a fan of this person, whatever, I get that. That's fandom. I've said this in numerous episodes in the past, like especially in season one. You know, as fans, why can't we like multiple players or whatever the case may be? So I'm not me personally. This is just me. I'm not a fan of people who say I don't like teams. Yeah, I got a lot of people in my family like that. You know, I don't like teams. I just like the player. But then you're going to root for that team. Then that team is terrible. Once your player is going from the team, I'm not with that. I'm one of those sports fans that I'm a sports fan. I've been a Green Bay Packer fan since the beginning of the time. I think I became a Green Bay Packer fan. Uh, I want to say that was like 96. So I just don't understand, you know, why you can't be a fan of multiple players or whatever the case may be. So my question to people is, when you create your all-time list, 
And let's just go basketball. That's actually a perfect one because I created a list that I got some flack for because it wasn't an all-time list. I created a list that I said, these are the people that I would pick if I was going to create a team to go on a multiple championship run and I personally feel like they couldn't be stopped. These are the players I picked. This was not my all-time list. And even if it was my all-time list, so what? But my all-time players that I picked to go on multiple championship runs, and it's no, I'm not saying start or end bench. I'm just, you know, you can slice them however you want. But the players that I picked was Stephen Curry, Hakeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, Shaquille O'Neal, Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> Detroit Piston Isaiah Thomas, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, and Kevin Durant. Now, I actually had, before I ultimately went with Kevin Durant and put the list and made it public, I actually had Kevin Garnett, but I wanted more floor spacing or whatever the case may be, so I went with, and I know KG could shoot, you know, that elbow jump shot and stuff like that, but I, you know, obviously KD could pull from almost half court or whatever the case, so, you know, whatever. So I wanted a little more floor spacing. Now, you take this team and you start and bench whoever you want, however you want, it's no problem. So I started getting text messages and stuff saying, you can't have a list without Michael Jordan on there. Yes, the hell I can. (laughs) I can have a list without Michael Jordan on there because this is my list, first and foremost. And secondly, I just don't understand why people feel like you have to have, you know, certain play, like whatever your list may be. I saw a lot of people give Dr. J a lot of flack for a lot of of people that he left off his list, but he was stating this was his list and it was his all-time list. And these are people that he said was currently, you know, that weren't playing anymore. These are people that retired. He said his list will probably change once LeBron and Steph retire, but they're currently active players. So he's not going to put them on the all-time list. Fair enough. You know what I'm saying? But again, I don't understand why people get so up in arms about, you know, who they should have on their list. Again, that's my question to you is like, why can't you like multiple players or why can't, you know, why does it have to be this player has to be on this list or this? It doesn't have to be that way. Again, Dr. J, you know, got a lot of flack for the people that he put on his list and it's not really... A bad list is just a list of his era, and it's a list of who of the people who he feel like, you know, were all-time players. And these are people that he probably looked up to, and then I know some that he played against, so it is what it is. Some of the people on that list was, a matter of fact, I'm going to just run down the list. Wilt Chamberlain, Oscar Robinson, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor. I think he put Bill Russell in there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he did. He put Bill Russell in there. He put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Karl Malone, and the final spot was Tiny Archibald. So, I don't care about that list. There's nothing wrong with his list. It's his list. Again, it's his list. There's nothing wrong with his list. It's his list. You know, it is what it is. But a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people get up in arms when you can't have a list without this person. And I think a few talking heads went on and they didn't really pay attention to what he said, why he made this list, but they said you can't have a list without LeBron James on there. Yes, you can. You can have a list. It's your list. And that doesn't discredit 
anybody from what they know about basketball or football, like, you know what I'm saying, whatever sport that they like, that does not discredit anyone for what they like or who they like. I just really think it's just crazy how people feel like, you know, you have to have certain players, you have to have certain people. Now, let's go back to my all-time list that I would pick to compete for multiple championships, and I really think this team could go on a run until they decide to stop, to be honest with you. And then you can round off if you want to build a 15 roster spot. You can throw any other player that you need. But that 10 that I named off again, Stephen Curry, Hakeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, Shaquille O'Neal, Isaiah Thomas, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant. Now, let's just say for the sake of it, I say, okay, let's go big this game. So then I'm going to go Magic. At the one or LeBron, whichever way you want to do that. Magic or LeBron at the one, probably Magic. Uh, to Magic at the one, Kobe at the two, Durant at the three, LeBron at the four, Tim Duncan at the five. Or Shaq or Hakeem Olajuwon, like whatever way you want to do that. Or we can go mix it up. I can go Isaiah Thomas at the one. We can go Iverson or Steph at the two. I could put Shaq. I could put Elijah on. I could like it's so many ways that you could throw this team out there and they will absolutely dominate the opposing team. I just think it's a really I think it's a really good argument because sometimes I feel like with sports, the argument turns into personal. Like you might not like a player personally, which, you know, you don't have a reason to. You don't know that player. But a lot of times I feel like, you know, people get in their feelings because they're a fan of a player. And then somebody else say, well, I don't like that player. What do you mean you don't like that? It is what it is, man. Like, it's no big deal that you don't, you know what I'm saying, that you, that you, uh, I don't really care about who people, you know, pick on their list. Again, it doesn't help. It doesn't make me discredit you and say, oh, you don't know, you know, basketball or you don't know football or whatever the case may be. If I don't feel like, I feel like Tom Brady is the you know, obviously, the GOAT, he's one of the most accomplished quarterbacks. Let me correct myself. He's the most accomplished quarterback in the history of the NFL, one of the most accomplished football players in the history of the NFL. And again, I'm not a fan of Tom Brady. I respect what Tom Brady has done. I think Tom Brady had a, obviously a hell of a career when he won seven Super Bowls. I'm not a fan of Tom Brady. That doesn't mean I don't know football. That doesn't mean I don't like football. Like, yes, Tom Brady's all-time great, whatever you want to name, whatever, whatever. But I, am not, I was never a fan of Tom Brady. Like, when I saw Tom Brady, when he was on the Patriots, I would get really annoyed. <laughs> I mean, I really would. Now, nine times out of ten, he didn't, it was rare that he played my favorite team, which was the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, we never got a Super Bowl matchup between him and Aaron Rodgers. But it is what it is. But again, it doesn't discredit my football fandom or knowledge or whatever the case may be because I'm not a fan of Tom Brady. Like, it is what it is. It's okay. You don't have to be a fan. You don't have to be a fan of every single player that the media has told you or this is who you need to root for or whatever the case may be. I just think a lot of people go with what's trending. And again, Tom Brady is an all-time great, but that doesn't mean I have to have him as one of my favorite players. Like, it does, it, you know, it is what it is. It, it doesn't have to be that way. I've seen younger children get talked about, especially with this day and age of social media or whatever. Like, I've seen younger children get talked about because 
they like Paul George or James Harden or, you know, well, what about the, like they wasn't old enough to see these players. So they're old enough to see who they see. So if Paul George is one of their all-time favorites, they feel like if they say Paul George is a goat in their eyes, if they feel James Harden is a goat in their eyes. Remember, a lot of children ain't looking at championships. They're just looking at play and if they want to be a basketball player, like what they're mimicking their game as, like it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So you get up in arms and you come at this kid because you don't know what the hell you talk about. What? It's, come on, man. Like it's okay. We got to relax when it comes to this. Recently, I went to a baseball game. This is, this is the perfect way to, to talk about this. And sports is one of those things that can completely divide people or bring people together. Here's what I mean. So if you're going to a New York Yankee versus Boston Red Sox baseball game, no matter if it's in Fenway or if it's at the Bronx, like, you're going to see the division between the two. You're going to have your Yankee fans. You're going to have your Red Sox fans, right? Okay, cool. You're going to see the divide part. Now, you might have friends who are in a group, and let's just say a six, and three might be Sox fans, three might be Yankee fans, or whatever the case may be. Mix it up how you want. But, you know, they're still like, okay, cool. Now, you'll have people at that game who will completely disrespect you, who will take it too far and try to throw stuff at you or whatever the case may be, just because if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm going to say, oh, you're a Yankee fan, you know, you're the enemy or whatever the case may be. If you're a Red Sox fan and I'm a Yankee fan and I say, you know, you're the, you're the enemy or whatever the case may be. Now, me personally, I'm a New York Yankee fan. Do I like the Boston Red Sox? No, I don't. But it's the fandom of the rivalry that I like. I understand the rivalry, but I'm saying, taking it too far as to disrespect somebody and getting into fights, like serious drag out fights over the stuff. Man, that's bull crap. But my father, perfect. I've said this before. My father is a Boston Red Sox fan, especially when I was growing up. Like we used to sit down and watch the games together. And my mother used to be like, y'all are ridiculous because we would literally, you know, cheer when, if the Yankees hit or scored or RBI, whatever the case may be, I would cheer and then he would be quiet and vice versa. But one, it's my father, so I'm not gonna disrespect him. But number two, like I don't have I don't have no no <laughs> no ill feelings towards this man just because he's a Boston Red Sox fan. That's the one way sports can completely divide you. Now, here's the way that sports can completely bring it together. Back to what I was saying. I was at a baseball game, the Tigers, and I was sitting next to a group of people that I didn't know, a few people in front, a few people behind, whatever. But when one, like when the Tigers either scored or whatever the case may be, everybody stood up and cheered. Everybody clapped. Everybody was giving each other like eye contact, like giving the thumbs up, like, hell yeah. Like you see this, just boom, we good. I, and I've done this with Michigan games and stuff like that. Like sometimes it's a beautiful thing how strangers can come together with sports and become one. Like it really is. Like I think it's really good sometimes how people come together become one and root, you know, whatever the case may be. Now, I might not, I know I'm probably never going to see this person again in life. But for this two, three hours or whatever, me and this person is vibing. We slapping fives. We cooling out, you know what I'm saying? Because we on the same page. We rooting for the same team. Now, when it's a rivalry or whatever the case may be, that division, again, I'm, I'm all for the rivalry. But I'm just saying you don't have to take it as far as like, getting into fights and arguing like crazy, like the Yankees or the Sox or the Bears or the Packers or 
you know, whoever the case may be, is paying you, like the Celtics or the Lakers, like, like they're paying you, like you're an actual member of the team. Me personally, I used to do that. I used to get so caught up and I would say, we doing this this year. Like, obviously with the team, as a fan, you want to feel a part of that and it's cool. But then I had to realize, man, as I got older, like, hold on, calm down. Like, I'm not getting paid for this. Like, yeah, I love the team and whatever, and I'm a root for the team. I get high when the team is up. I get low when the team is down. But, you know, I bring myself back to reality. Like, you ain't a, a member of this team. Like, the Green Bay Packers is not paying you, especially now that I have children. Now that I have children, my emotions wholeheartedly got to stay in check. Now, yes, I still yell at the TV and stuff like that, whether it's a touchdown or whatever. But when it's a bad play or a bad call, like, obviously, got to censor what I'm saying. And because my, my girls are sitting there with me and, you know, my son ain't old enough yet, but he'll be there you know, watching or whatever the case may be. But again, it's one of those things where, you know, I think you just have to put yourself in a position to understand, like, hey, chill out. It's okay. You know, you can root for this team. You're cool. But don't take it too far. And when I had, when I finally started having children, that's when I realized I was taking it too far. Like, because <laughs> I was looking at the way my daughters was reacting. And then one of my daughters, like, my wife used to record it, like, show what daddy do. And she was like, get the ball. Like, oh, man, get the ball. Then I remember, like, oh, man, I could have easily slipped up and said something completely different on that. But I didn't. So, you know, I'm glad <laughs> that I didn't do that. I'm glad that uh, I have learned to keep my emotions in check when it comes to that. Because that's one of the main things that I don't want to do. It obviously be a bad example for my children. But all in all. A lot of people might not like this episode. I really don't care. Appreciate you for listening, though. But again, I just, like I said, man, we got to get back to the rivalry being the rivalry and not going too far. Like being a sports fan of the team, but still, you know what I'm saying, keep it respectful. Like, yeah, you're going to talk your trash as far as, especially with your homies or whatever like that. Like, you're going to talk your trash. Like, yeah, y'all suck this year or whatever the case may be. That's cool. That's, that's supposed to happen. But I, all I'm talking about is the going too far is the, you know, getting into the fights and the, and the drag out arguments, throwing personal shots at people. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man, um, this team sucks. Yeah, but, you know what I'm saying? Your sister suck. And I'm like, hold on, bro. Like, chill. <laughs> like, what, what, what are we talking about? Like, how we go from talking about this team to talking about my sister? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we gotta, we just gotta chill out in that regard. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, again, be a fan. You know what I'm saying? Have your fandom be, be in the moment with your team. I'm not saying be a killjoy or whatever the case may be, but just keep it respectful. Keep it loose. Keep it fun. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately, man, just understand, like, you know, yeah, I know fans go out, get tattooed. I get it. Like, this is their favorite player. They seen their favorite player play, stuff like that. But you're not getting paid. Again, you're not getting paid. You know, in nine times out of ten, a lot of these people go that route and then ultimately, let's just say they, I mean, we've seen it. I've seen people have a tattoo of a, of a team. Chicago Bears is going to win like 2018 Super Bowl champions. Now you got that tattoo, now you're stuck. Now you got that tattoo, now you're stuck. Or you're just going to keep blacking it out and do 2000. And then when they finally win, then you can fill it in the blank or whatever the case would be. But, you know, stuff like that, I get it. You're a fan or whatever. And I'm not knocking you for doing that. I'm just, I mean, obviously, yeah, you, it's crazy because you're not getting paid. But 
I'm saying like, you know, just keep it to that fandom. Don't get to the point where you're fighting because you're fighting for the pride of the New York Yankees or you're fighting for the pride of the Boston Red Sox. Like, that's absolutely insane. That's all I'm saying. Switching gears here, man. I want to, I just had to get that off my chest. I had to get this off my chest. Shout out to, to my guy, my engineer, Ethan. New engineer. First episode he did, I absolutely love. Uh, if you know me, if you listen to my joints, I, you know I like to shout out, you know, who makes this possible. And Ethan is the guy who's making this possible. Ethan, man, I appreciate you. Shout out to you. But again, you know, I just had to get that off my chest. Now, I do want to recap a little bit, go over the weekend a little bit of what had, what transpired. As far as I'm still a big wrestling fan. I am. And I'm not a wrestling fan to the sense of like when I was younger. Yes, I didn't know wrestling was fake. But again, I like to say this. <laughs> and I'm not one of them nerds about wrestling. But wrestling, me and my wife get into this all the time. Wrestling is scripted. But the bumps and the bruises that they take, that they get hurt on, that's, that's not fake. That's real. I mean, yeah, you're sitting there, you're waiting for somebody to hit you with a chair, but you're still getting hit with the chair. You know, back in the day, they used to get some vicious chair shots. But again, SummerSlam took place over the weekend here in Detroit. I hate I couldn't make it, man. I was texting my brother. He was there the whole time. Like, it was at Ford Field. It seemed like it was absolutely crazy. I think it was like 50,000 that showed up. Packed the place out. So again, SummerSlam, obviously one of the longest tenured WWE events up there with some, uh, what is it, WrestleMania and uh, the Royal Rumble. So again, it looked like it was a hell of a show. Like I enjoyed it just from sitting on my couch watching it. But now I'm invested as a, a fan as far as like storytelling. And I think they're doing some great storytelling now. Back then, the storytelling was pretty trash. As you get older, you realize it. Like I'm talking about like, that early 90s, late 80s wrestling, like when, when the Mega Powers put to get, was put together, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, and they were fighting over Miss Elizabeth and stuff like that. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. But, you know, this bloodline story that they got going, and it's been running for years now. And I think it's the greatest storyline that you have ever been able to place in WWE history and sports entertainment. Because the other story, the, the only other storyline that I feel lives up to this, and people might not agree, is The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's simply because how when you watch the documentaries on how it started and how it started brewing and then their rivalry started, like it was a great storyline from start to finish. Even when it always seemed like they went their separate ways, like they found a way to come back and it was always like, you know, them at the helm of it. So it was always a great storyline to run. But this bloodline story with Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sakura, Paul Heyman, like it's one of the greatest storylines that you could ever see in, uh, in wrestling entertainment. Like it's a really good storyline. Over the weekend, like I said, SummerSlam was here. WWE did their thing. I do hate the outcome of how they did Bianca Belair, but whatever the case may be, she won and then uh, somebody cashed in there. I, I don't want to disrespect her, but I cannot remember her name. EO or something like that. She cashed in and she took the title from Bianca. So now she's, you know, the women's champion. But 
Roman Reigns, with the help of Jimmy, shockingly, defeated Jey Uso and retained his title and is still the tribal chief, still the head of the table, whatever you want to call him. And I just think it adds another story because Jimmy was the one who was out the bloodline first, then they pulled him in, then he got sick of how it was running, then he was out. Now he's done turned on. Like, it's a, <laughs> I sound like a, a, a nerd, but it's a really good storyline. And that's what I watch it for now. Like, the cinema that they present it to you, it keeps you entertained. It keeps you in the moment because you are interested. To, if you like wrestling, you're, like, you're interested to see what happens next. Now, I will say, I never really got into AEW. This dude over there, MJF, man, he's a hell of a character. He's young, but he's, he's, he got so much charisma. You know, he's, you can see it all up in him. Like, it's oozing out of him, like the way he literally has like the world in the palm of his hands when he grabs a microphone. So I think I'm going to get into it. I don't really know, but I think I'm going to get into it. And again, I just feel like it's one of those storylines that, that you really, 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 really want to get into with the bloodline because I feel like their family history, a lot of people keep saying like the rock is going to come back, whatever the case may be. I don't know about all that. But their family history and the way Roman Reigns, I think they, I don't remember the exact number, but Roman Reigns and his title run over the past, whatever, he, how many years it's been, since 2020, if I'm not mistaken, has been responsible for at least a quarter of a billion dollars or, or something like that in WWE's success. Roman Reigns by himself has been responsible for that. That is absolutely insane. Now, a lot of people always talk about, well, yeah, it took him a minute to, to get the ball rolling or whatever, but I think he just had to realize he could do what he wants and then to let the chips fall where they may, and that's what he's done, and it's completely changed the game. It's completely changed how everything has been going, and I, I really like that he is still champion. I mean, let him run as long as he needs to. Because again, why, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because I don't know. I like Cody Rhodes. I really do. But I don't know nobody right now who can take the company on a, on a success ride the way Roman Reigns has. You know, so I feel like you, you know, maybe Roman drops the title at WrestleMania and then you give him a much needed break. Because he might retire after that because his, his run been so long. So I could see that. But, you know, then you can kind of interchange the titles and stuff like that. But, man, it's been enjoyable to watch. It's been fun to watch. So shout out to WWE. Shout out to putting on a hell of an event here in Detroit for SummerSlam. Again, it was packed out. A lot of people was out. A lot of stars came. And it, 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 was, it was a really good sight to see. Obviously, with them coming here for that next year being the NFL draft. So I'm excited for that. That's today's episode. I appreciate y'all for listening. Again, you know where to find all of our episodes. We still got some stuff in the works that I'm going to be announcing very, 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 very soon. It's how we can get some stuff going, how you can either message me, you know, we can, we might do a call in, whatever the case may be, but we'll get it going. This is the Stephen Hayes Podcast. I'm out. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, you can subscribe and catch all of our episodes from all of our podcasts right here on the TVS Network.